It's before Paul early, and this is the pre-W Smith Show on 760 WJR. Here is Jeff Sloan. It is. Good morning, everybody. It is the Pre-W Smith Show. We're happy to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Listen, uh, we're headed to the Paul W. Smith Show at the 6 a.m. hour, but sitting in for Paul this morning, Marie Osborne, Jim Harper. We're excited to hear from those guys. Such a great job they do indeed. And uh, listen, guys, we uh, have a little feature of our own right here on the Pre-W. Smith Show right now. If I were to ask you Kristen Kay, Mark Pastoria, what are just just say what just comes off the top of your head. Here we go. What are industries that are kind of hallmark industries? When you think Detroit, Michigan, what pops into your head? Cars. Cars. Mark, of course, cars. Music. Cars. Okay, mu- of course, music. <laughs> right. Motown, music, Kristen Kay. What else about? Oh, I was going to say music or potato chips. Okay, better made potato chips. I wouldn't call Detroit a potato chip capital, but but it's all a matter of one's perspective, given that you love potato chips so much. Of course, it's potato chips. How about maybe pizza, right? We've got a lot of pizzas, companies headquartered here. How about maybe mortgages? You know, this this is now a mortgage town. But here's an interesting thing for you. In order to have great economic diversity in any given area, you really need to spawn and support new industries. And we've got a story for you this morning brought to us by Mina Arshad. She just published an article in Crane's Detroit Business about the growing clothing and fashion industry right here in Detroit. Let's hear it. Mina Arshad, tell us what's going on here. Sure. So most of the clothes we find today are imported from factories thousands of miles away. And those factories are often environmentally unsound and dangerous for the labor force, and they're not paid a fair wage. And in the last few years, Detroit has really been emerging as this apparel manufacturing hub. And industry leaders here are finding ways to challenge the existing model rather than just join it. And how did this all, why here, why in Detroit, what was kind of the uh, genesis of the industry and the kind of orientation and disposition to focus on an approach to these things that you've mentioned? Well, I think one thing that's really special about Detroit is that it's a making city. We have a history of manufacturing here. In fact, some of the original workers at some of the companies I spoke to got some of their workforce from people who had worked in automotive. So people who had been sewing like automotive interiors got to work at these clothing factories, which was pretty interesting. And another special thing about Detroit is that it's kind of a fresh slate for this industry. There are other areas in the country where this industry has kind of taken off and Detroit's a chance to kind of start afresh. Yeah, to start afresh to, as you put it in your article, offer that fresh perspective on what apparel manufacturing could be and should be rather than a continuation of what has been. And it's working, right? I mean, these businesses that are now producing here in Detroit are meeting with meaningful levels of success. So one special thing in Detroit is that we're finding innovative solutions too. So there's a national nonprofit here based in Detroit, the Industrial Sewing and Innovation Center. And so rather than just relying on a major scale labor force, they're finding technology to kind of replace some of that menial labor. And so you get to invest in high skilled labor and it's kind of an investment in the future. Yeah, this is the organization founded by Jennifer Walrino, founder and CEO of Detroit-based nonprofit Industrial Sewing and Innovation Center. 
she says that she thinks we can develop this region as an ethical Silicon Valley for apparel manufacturing. That's a, a big vision and a lofty goal, but one we welcome, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And she's kind of contributing in that kind of goal by investing in creating that labor force here. So I got the chance to visit her warehouse and it kind of felt like I was in this futuristic Zen den because of just the technology available there. But she is able to train people locally in industrial sewing. So she's helping to create that workforce. So these big brands have a chance to reshore production back to Detroit. Yeah, and this is uh, founded in April 2020, officially founded or launched in April 2020 and in a 12,000-square-foot midtown Detroit space funded by Carhartt, which is really interesting. This is a great example of a big corporation doing things to help small upstarts make a presence here in Detroit. So Carhartt is also kind of finding new ways to innovate within their own company. So they're creating their own sort of made-to-order model, which is a model in which you just create this unit of one. So rather than overproducing where most of these clothes just end up in landfills before they even make it to the store, they are waiting for the consumer to tell them what they want. Yeah, and this is, you know, while it's starting out as relatively small, like all new ideas do, it's starting to really get noticed. I mean, this is becoming very, very real. You know, I think major fashion brands are now looking to Detroit at some level and seeing the innovations being born right here in Detroit. Are there other examples you could share with us of upstarts that have, you know, kind of emerged as businesses that are really forces to be reckoned with now in the fashion industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I also got the chance to speak with Brenna Lane, co-founder of Detroit Denim, which is a local jean company. They actually have their factory right in the city, which is pretty unusual and really cool. And so they also manufacture each jean according to the customer. So they don't have, you know, a pile of inventory in the back. They are able to custom prepare these jeans and there's a lot less waste. Um, and the end result is also just higher quality and this perfect fit. I also, I always feel like in shoes, I'm a size 6.75 and I haven't found that on the rack yet. <laughs> so these companies kind of give you the chance to tailor a product specifically to you. So, you know, it's a product that you can wear not just one or two or 10 times, but for years to come. Yeah. And this industry sector now here in Detroit, you do point out in your article that you provided U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics data increased by 62, roughly 62% from 716 workers in 2011 to now 1,157 in 2021 being employed by the various companies in the sector now here in Michigan. That's exciting. Yeah, it absolutely is. And so innovation is really at the core of what these brands are aiming for. Innovation and again, adhering to some basic tenets you refer to them or the industry refers to them as a triple bottom line approach to truly being sustainable. And that includes taking into account financial cost and social and environmental costs in addition. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So rather than what most companies do, which is a sort of race to the bottom, a race to the lowest unit price, the lowest labor price, these companies are aiming for a balanced triple bottom line approach. So not just, you know, saving costs financially, but also how can we save our impact to the environment? How can we contribute to the well-being of our labor? And that's really 
a beautiful thing because not only is the sector emerging as one which is contributing to the greater good of the economy here with additional employment and tax base and so on, but in addition, it's bringing back good values that go beyond the bottom line. And we certainly welcome that in our community. That's for sure. Listen, thank you so much for bringing your story to our awareness. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, Mina Arshad, reporter at Crane's Detroit Business, bringing us this uplifting story. Heading now to a break. Back with more in a few minutes right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. <laughs> 